All right, so welcome to the next episode of the Unbiased Truth Podcast, Because Real Estate, and today we're joined with Ricky, um, just like last time, and Kristen, just like last time, and uh, Christy can't join us today because she had better things to do with her time this afternoon, um, but she says she'll be here next time. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us once again. Absolutely. Of course. Um, today, uh, as with these podcasts, you know, we want to talk about singular issues that are affecting the real estate industry. You know, um, and due to recent events, I think that uh, today we will talk about ethics. Um, even though ethics is a requirement for your guys's uh, CE training and all that stuff every couple years to renew your license. Um, but my opinion is, and this isn't just real estate agents, this is home inspectors and, and across the board, the industry as a whole. Um, I think ethical issues are probably the number one threat facing the industry. You know, um, there's a lot of chat about, uh, you know, the Zillows of the world and the iBuyer companies and, you know, you know, all that stuff. But I really think if it wasn't for the ethical issues, you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, Zillow coming in and taking all the, all the clients. Uh, so to the point where there's been research done and surveys taken and 67.5% of people surveyed do not trust real estate professionals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, considering that people are, you know, spending three, four, five hundred thousand dollars that's a big number not to trust somebody with that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's no real studies for home inspectors, but we could probably assume <laughs> that that's probably about the same, same, the same, uh, same, yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about some factors on why people, um, just out the gate, don't trust agents. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that is a lot to unpack, Sydney. <laughs> so first thoughts from me is, you know, we get a lot of clients that come that have had bad experiences Mm -hmm. with previous agents. So of course, anytime you have a bad experience, it puts a bad taste in your mouth moving forward. And you're going to judge everything based on that. And so, you know, unfortunately, there are some people in our industry that have not had to be that ethical to do the bare minimum in business that they're okay with. And so there are those of us that have to work a lot harder to make up for the reputation that we've gotten from those bad experiences. Yeah. Well, (laughs) no, I I totally get what you're saying, and it brings to mind one specific very dear friend of mine who I knew before I was in real estate, and I still know. We're very close. And he thinks – he still thinks that the realtor's – are not really very necessary. Mm-hmm. And he also thinks that realtors and home inspectors and whoever else would be involved in the transaction, probably not so much lenders, but let, but certainly home inspectors, that we have partnerships right, right. with our preferred home inspectors who we will bring in and they will gloss over all of the issues in the home mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. make the deal go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is a I think that is something that many people have just based on one of my friends thinking that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and it's like, I try and try and try to tell him that is absolutely not what is going on here. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a fair assessment um, because those rumors get started for a reason. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, as I tell people when I get brought in to do like buyer seminars, I said, you know, me and, you know, put whatever agent I'm with. Yeah, we may be chucks and we may be having a good time up here, but I can promise you they're not worth um, my license for this right. one $400 deal that I'm doing, you know, right. or whatever the cost of that inspection is because I lose my license. That, that one $400 inspection is not going to go very far. Um, as far as covering my bills. Um, so, uh, but unfortunately there's, there's quite a few inspectors. I say quite a few. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's the minority of it. And I think hopefully that's what we're talking about today is the minority of agents. But, you know, but when it's amplified, it's, it's kind of seems like it may not be. Um, but, uh, you, you do see some that write soft reports, you sure. know, uh, because they, they value that relationship with the agent because that's what the agent wants. You know, um, I've had an agent recently, they, they use me because I've never once asked them, what do you want me to do with this information? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't think it was any of your concern. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, but they, they legit had uh, a home inspector when they found certain things would say, Hey, do you want me to put this in the report? And she was like, of course I want you to put that in the report. Like you found it, it goes in the report. You know, why are you asking me that? And, and that's, a, that's a shame, you know, because it, it really, when, when you go on these, um, whether it's Facebook, whether it's articles, whether it's what, whatever, and people start ripping, you know, my case, home inspector or home inspectors, can't really defend it, you know, because I've seen it all. You know, I've seen all the things that they're talking sure. about. You know, um, I can say that we don't do that. Right. Um, you know, the, the more known inspectors typically don't do that. Um, but I still can't just defend it, you know, in right. a way that, that, you know, people are going to believe me. Because well, it's hard to say that it's not going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because certainly somewhere it probably is occurring exactly yeah. as such, you know. Yeah. Um, but the thing to me on that is kind of like it's not worth you risking your license. It's re- repeat business and referral business from clients that you've done a really good job for. If I sell somebody the wrong house, you know, and they feel like I didn't do a good job helping them purchase their home, that all of these faults or defects in the home were discovered after closing that didn't show up in the report, things like that, I think that is often what kind of perpetuates that idea. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that they know every possible thing that's like could be considered wrong with the house. And then we can hash out, is that something that is too wrong for you to purchase this house? You know, are there too many defects and what have you? Because even new construction, I mean, every home is going to have problems. If if ever I hired a home inspector and the report came up 100% clean, I would be worried. (laughs) I would be worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, I've had agents, you know, Cindy was one of them, uh, you know, my wife. Uh, she asked me one time, she says, have you ever had a home inspection where you didn't find anything? Mm-hmm. I said, no. Right. No, never. I mean, sure, you know, less than five, sure. You sure. know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. there's been some really clean houses, right. but uh, but never zero. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, I didn't think so. Last time I'm using that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it becomes uncomfortable, you know. Right. Um, especially if it's not a brand new house, because the ones yes. that are less than – you know, three, four, five things are typically brand new houses. Right. You know, it's not a four-year-old house that's that clean, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think a lot of it is also just some, 
Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows what what we do. Nobody knows what you guys do. Yeah. Um, it's a so lot of misinformation. Yeah. Out so there. going back to after closing and finding issues, and I had this conversation um, a couple of days ago uh, with a uh, a client, um, and this helped me get to this topic um, because I did the reinspection. I did not do the first inspection. Um, someone else did. Not from us, but just someone else in general. Um, and it was a you know older house, fifties, and they did not go in the crawl space. Um, they say they couldn't fit. Cool, it happens. You know, I mean, not everybody uh, you know is is the size of Kristen and can fit in every crawl space, <laughs> um, uh, and not every crawl space is meant to be crawled. Um, but they also said that, you know, some of the four issues are just settlement, even though they never went to the crawl space. And, uh-huh. you know, and there's some other issues where that happened that the client just wasn't impressed with. So I get called out to do this reinspection. They're supposed to close that day. I go in the crawl space and I find, because I'm checking for leaks uh, that someone else had found. Um, and I find some pretty significant issues, okay. you know. Um, so... <clears throat> I'm tell before I even get to that point. Um, I'm I'm f- less than five minutes inside the house, less than five minutes, and we've already found a leak in the in the roof, or I think through the windows because it's first floor ceiling um, at the wall. Um, and there's a couple other issues that wasn't the original report. That's just plain as day, you know, um, very very open. Didn't happen in between because it was installed that way. And the agent looked at the client and said, "Hey, what do you want to do?" <laughs> we haven't even been here three minutes mm-hmm. and we've already found, you know, a dozen things that, that you didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And, and like I told her, I said, well, since the agent brought it up, um, you know, always keep in mind. And this is whether it was the original inspection, me doing this reinspection, this house is 70 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm here for two and a half, three hours on a normal inspection, mm-hmm. you know, on a house that's been vacant from my understanding for like a year to two years. Right. This is what I found so far. Imagine what you're going to find when you live here after two weeks. For yeah, two weeks, two months. You know what? What else? You know this, this is why we start telling you know reasonable expectations of what you're going to find when you move into the home because we just can't find everything. Right. But people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, so they close and they say, "Well, well, you know, we had all this stuff happen." You know, we don't ever intentionally overlook or miss anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's are those occasions you just sometimes you just buy a lemon. You know, yes. especially mm-hmm. renovated houses. Absolutely. You know, sometimes Flips. you just, yeah. <laughs> you know, they did a really good job of, of painting it and making it look good and covering the stuff up that we can't see. They know we can't see. And it held together long enough to get you to move in. And it right. started popping. Okay. Sure. Um, and, and sometimes you just bought a lemon, you know. Sure. Uh, and it didn't matter who inspected it. They just yeah, did a really good job. Yeah, you behind the walls, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. So, so I think there's a lot of that that goes on mm-hmm. that people just don't understand you know, what really happens um, throughout the deal to begin with. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that comes into play when we go back to ethics. It's, is the agent and the inspector and everyone else that's in a transaction, is it a matter of being ethical or not and just not discovering something or not having the knowledge or setting the correct expectations or the training you know, I feel like a lot of agents and inspectors, it's just lack of training and knowledge yeah. to set those expectations with the client. They're not trying to or actively being unethical. Sure. It's they just don't know better. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's different scenarios that we've all been 
involved in yep. where it could be either or. But the big thing is when someone's being unethical on purpose. Yes, correct. Yes. Which we do see a lot of. And yeah. then unfortunately for people that are good and solid in our industries, then of course we get the bad rap from those that are choosing to be unethical yeah. in various reasons. Yeah, um, I know. And some of this is, is coming out of COVID. You know, new agents, and we can put new agents during COVID, even though it's been two years. You know, they may have been licensed two, two and a half, three years now, but COVID was a different animal. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't any negotiations and, right. you know, stuff like that. So now in the last few months where we're doing inspections uh, that mean something and repair addendums and negotiations, and, and now you got to find people that, you know, because if you're a brand new agent and you had nothing to do with uh, the trade or construction, mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you got a week and a half to figure out how to fix all this stuff. Right. You know, Um, you you don't, you don't know who to go to. So uh, a lot of stuff, you know, some people are being taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. you know, and then some people just don't, they've never been in those situations or these situations um, and whatnot. And then there's a lot of, you know, feast and famine in the industry to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, the example, and there's plenty of them, was offering a free radon test, a retest to a re, uh, to a client um, because uh, our radon tech knew that that area um, has high radon. And the current test or the first test, the weather factors right. wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And it's new construction. And she said, called me and said, hey, what do you think I should do? You know, are you okay if I offer a free? I said, yeah. Who's going to care if you give a free radon test? Right. Right. And it's, even if it's after closing, it's new construction. I've never had a builder say, no, we're not going to mitigate it. They've right. always installed it. Even if there's a little, uh, in the beginning, sure. they always like, all right, we'll go ahead and do it. Um, because there's, there's probably just too much gray area in that liability, what they have to fix, you know, that mm-hmm. they just don't want to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Who would have ever thought that there would have been some ugly phone calls from the agent um, to the radon tech for offering a free service um, to make sure your client doesn't get lung cancer? Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. It's, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> right? You know, we always talk about doing the right thing, whether it's the popular thing to do or not. Yeah. But that's, you know, yeah. your morals versus yeah, ethics. and it's like, what do you, because I mean, she apologized to me. She's like, you know, if I cost you future business, I said, well, if, if that's what they're upset about, they're not going to work with us anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get a couple inspections out of them. That's about it. Because um, they're not going to, you know, like how we do reports or what we find or whatever. And we don't ask for input from agents on how we do that. So, um, so that's okay. Um, but like I said, it just blew my mind. Like I said, how are they going to badmouth us at the end of the day? Because she was worried about that. I said, how are they actually going to badmouth us? Like, hey, don't call 360. They offered a free radon <laughs> test <laughs> um, so my client doesn't get lung cancer because they were worried about them on a new construction where the builder would have fixed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't call that company, you know. I mean, you can only twist that so many ways to make, make us look bad. But, um, but, yeah, those are some of the things that we've been seeing. Um, like like the, the that reinspection, like I, I even told the agent when she got there, I said, "Look, I'm I'm worried about what we'll find because obviously reinspections were only there to look at what was fixed, what was negotiated." I said, "But I can't go into a crawl space in good conscience and just act like I didn't see this right. joist that's sure. split almost in two, right. or that the main beams like a bad day away from mm-hmm. 
from just, right. you know, dropping two inches, you know. Um, I mean, I can't ignore it, you know. I understand there's, you know, contracts and stuff on your end. That doesn't affect me. Right. And I know it's going to make your life you harder. You have to do but, what's right for you. You know, I can't just not not see that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, and unfortunately, like you mentioned earlier, when during COVID, when the market was hot and, you know, it was almost – impossible to kill a deal because you weren't doing appraisals and inspections and you didn't have to be a high-end negotiator etc it was basically let's run a title search let's as the buyer throws some extra thousand dollars at the at the seller and move on close and then the buyer had to worry about everything after the fact when we're all removed from the situation at that point and and real estate gets the gets the bad rap of, you know, it's easy. Anyone can do it and you can make a lot of money, which anyone can do it and you can make a lot of money. But we always say, you know, anyone can swing a hammer, but like, should you? Um, And so now it's, you're the agent and the home inspector. Deals can potentially fall apart from things. So, you know, unfortunately there are some driven by the greed and just the transactional aspect of it unfortunately, versus the relational aspect. And so they don't want the deal because right now we are working extra hard to get deals because the market slowed down for various reasons. So I think it's unfortunately easier for some people to choose maybe the wrong path in an ethical dilemma because now their livelihood is on the line. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, a lot of things are not spoken or misinterpreted or so I feel like that's what we've been seeing recently more on our end it's you know discovering certain let's say certain aspects about a house I had one situation where originally Sid you did the inspection Mm -hmm. originally the garage workshop and had a loft above it was not as is it was not written into the contract etc so we inspected (laughs) it we were it was a mess and we requested repairs rightly so we able to and the the seller came back and said we're not doing repairs um and there were other things going on but anyways we terminated that deal because it was the best interest of the buyer when they relisted it then they put in the listing the garage was sold as is and with no no known defects defects (laughs) and they they had they had the home inspection report they had all the defects you know and sellers don't have to disclose but the agent, you know, yeah. our license is Correct. on the line. We have, we do have these ethical laws in place, and just the agent putting that into the report um, when, in fact, she was supposed to be reporting defects. It just, it was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I'll also just to clarify, like that agent for my reinspection. I mean, she told me, "Find what you find." Like mm-hmm. she, didn't, right. she didn't stop me. Sure. So that's that's. Um, just so everybody understands that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, then do you think, you know, that feast or famine thing uh, where the market slowed down? And we've seen actually a couple of iterations of this, um, even through, you know, the peak of the market, because mm-hmm. there was, you know, so many buyers and so many buyers agents and not enough homes that there was a lot of buyers agents not, mm-hmm. you know, um, not getting money, right? right. Uh, even though there's a lot of agents that did very well during the last couple of years, there still were a few that... It was really competitive, yeah, so not yeah. everyone can be a winner. So mm-hmm. it's fascinating that we now slow down, and there's still, you know, what's the same group, what's a different group, but um, are being affected. Mm-hmm. 
in a different market. But um, I know this is probably a rhetorical question, but um, do you think that the way agents are compensated leads to the ethical problems that some of them face? I think sometimes, um, you know, again, there's there's different people with, with different morals and views on ethics. Um, but in real estate, the fee is negotiated with the seller, between the seller and the listing agent, of what that buyer broker is being paid. And, and that's set. So there has been discussions amongst the entire real estate industry, you know, nationwide about, you know, whether you see... 2% commission for the buyer broker versus the 3%. And do people steer their clients away from the house that's only paying a 2% commission and steer them towards that's a, a house point. and a sale that is going to give them a full commission? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, there are absolutely people who do that sure. because they are driven by money and a transactional business. And you see that in the um, these real estate groups when they start talking about some of the builders. You know, mm-hmm. this builder is only offering, you know, one percent or a thousand dollars, and you'll sure. see a whole list of agents oh, yeah. like, yeah, we don't, right. you know, right. you don't never get my yeah, business, yeah. you know. Right. So they just ignore them all together. No, that absolutely happens. Um, to me, it's just basically what I want to do is just put my buyer in the absolute best house for mm-hmm. them that they're going to be stoked with forever. Because um, if they're a first time home buyer, they're probably going to be selling in five years, and yeah. I want them to come right. to me, and then you know what I mean. So I want to do a really good job for them. I don't really care what the commission is. I mean, I do love big commissions. Of course. Um, but little commissions are cool too, you know. And what I really want to do is just the best job that I can for people. Um, I do think that the structure, the way that real estate agents or realtors are paid um, is commission only, right? Like mm-hmm. I only get paid if a transaction closes. Um, I think that does cause misrepresentation of condition of homes by listing agents um, and probably by buyer's agents too, who are like, oh, yeah. you know, that's not that big a deal. I do, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so because if you're at a job that if you're going to make the same money, no matter the outcome, why would you lie about something? Right. right. right? So like, it, but if you're only going to get paid if yeah. it, it, for one particular mm-hmm. outcome, yes, I think that people are, you know, quick to, sometimes misrepresent things to make sure that they get the outcome they want. I was going to say, we actually did an ethical training uh, for one of our real estate courses. And that was actually one of, that's one of the ethical dilemmas that they talk about is misrepresentation of the data. And, you know, do you, do you tweak some numbers and and make things look good and to, to get an outcome or a goal at the end of it? Or are you honest and potentially tank whatever that situation is? Or in our case, you know, terminate a deal, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, that's a that's a driving ethical dilemma. And the world yeah. is full of ethical dilemmas. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah, and when you when you start looking at um, the model, how it's set up for you guys to begin with. And of course, agents know this, people who aren't agents may not know this, you know, you're looking at 6% and they'll divide that up, the seller's agent divides that up or however that works, you know, hopefully three and three, you know, or whatever. And people's like, oh, are you getting 6% on a $500,000 house? Right. Well, no, it's actually split. Oh, so you're still getting 3%. Well, no, because then that's split, you know? Right. Um, and then if you're on a team, it's split again. Mm-hmm. Um, so out of that 3%, uh, that you may be getting, you may only be getting, you know, 10 to 20, 
30% of that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, depending on how your splits are and what your office is right. and what your caps are. And then, um, and the fascinating for me, and this is just how the industry is set up, is, you know, you're all 1099 mm-hmm. contract employees, mm-hmm. but you're not. Whether you you're know? a team or not. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can be a 1099 contract employee mm-hmm. and I can go work for as many companies as I want to work for and do right. as many jobs, but you can't. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're with Keller Williams, you're with Keller Williams. You know, 1099, mm-hmm. um, that office, that broker, that's who, you, right. you know, but you really, but you're still your own individual person. It's not like you have to go in every day and punch mm-hmm. a clock and, you know, sure. if you don't ever go to Keller Williams, the, the, the brick and mortar building, you don't have to, right? right? Correct. Um, and, and that's just, it's really weird, you it know, when you, especially <laughs> when you look at all these um, IRS laws of what constitutes a 1099 and, uh-huh. you know, all that stuff. And, like, I can't hire somebody as a 1099 employee because um, as soon as I give them my software and say you have to use my software, the IRS says they're not a 1099 employee anymore. They're a W two employee. Interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah they've really cracked down on that, that in the last couple of years. Crazy. Um, that and they the the person I hire to be a ten ninety nine I hire loosely. Yeah, they pretty much have to have free reign to do right mm-hmm. their own thing when they want their own tools. Anything I provide for them can be translated into them being a W two employee at that point. Uh, but real estate. It's just like, pff, yeah, we make our own rules. Yeah. <laughs> we, do, yeah. we do what we want. Well, uh, to some degree, for sure. But, like, to other degrees, man, there are a lot of rules. To oh, follow. absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Ah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's I'm, crazy. I'm talking more about the employer-employee yes. relationship. Right. Um, right. Which, right. Is, you know, for me, is just fascinating I think how it, that's set up. I think another thing that makes people distrustful is I think people think that, I mean, they see that commissions tend to be large because mm-hmm. home prices are large sure. these days. And I think they think that realtors get all of that. I think that people largely have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. how realtors are paid for right. a real estate transaction. I yeah. don't think that they realize that in most situations, the seller agrees to pay the listing agent a certain amount of money to sell the home, mm-hmm. and that typically that listing agent will pay the buyer's agent's broker from the proceeds yeah. of that transaction, uh, an agreed upon split ahead of time that is in the MLS listing. And then the broker takes out whatever the broker takes out, whatever your agreement is with your broker, and then finally you get paid, and then you pay taxes on yeah. that at the end of the year. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's a lot less than what. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. you know, if you break it down further, there's, you know, when a, when a buyer and a seller get that settlement statement and they say, holy cow, your commission's ten grand." Because it's just simply listed out. But right. like you said, there's not a single agent, whether you're independent or on a team, that makes that entire amount ever right. in any right. situation. Because there are, we still pay taxes. We do have a broker in every situation you have to report to a broker. Um, we have to create our own 401ks as mm-hmm. 1099 employees and health insurance and all the things. So so that fee slowly gets chipped away. Yeah. At. And depending on how many homes you showed them, you know what I mean? There was gas. Mm-hmm. There were the, all those hours of work that you, oh, had, yeah. you right. know, that's, yeah. that's, you know, I've done plenty of inspections for, of the, for right. agents that are probably lost money on that deal because sure. of how many they showed or, right. you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think it's, it, it, all of that encompassing goes back to the ethical dilemma of what the question that you asked is, you know, do some agents steer away from 
you know, houses right. that are being offered less commission. And absolutely, because yeah. at the at the end of the day, we all have to feed our families and sure. ourselves and put a roof over our heads. Or just being a new agent that you went all in and it's been eight months and you haven't even received your first mm-hmm. commission check, but you still have bills, you That's know, right. um, and it's not even, you know, your power bill. It's still office fees and broker right. fees. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even right. if it's, right. yeah. Yeah. When, when Cindy became licensed and she told me all those fees she had yeah. to pay. I said, man, that's a racket. You know? It is monthly fees. <laughs> Every broker has monthly yeah. fees. Yeah. Our MLS yeah. has quarterly fees. Yeah, and I mean, right. and it, like I, said, I don't have an answer for that um, because it's not like, um, you know, everybody thinks, you know, whether it's Keller Williams, Remax, you know, EXP, um, whoever. It's not like, you know, the brick and mortar Keller Williams office is, is making enough money to pay everybody you know, in your office, you know, 200 agents, however many agents there are, 250 agents, you know, monthly salaries, right? you know, because they still got their bills and Correct. their fees. And then yeah. you're, then they're, they're dependent on the market as well. So if well, we have selling, staff there that are salaried exactly. and they have to pay those folks, yeah. you know, and I yeah. mean, and the cool thing is like after a certain amount of transactions, I don't pay any more brokerage split yeah. for the year. Yep. Right. So, you know, there, there is a limit to what I'm going to pay my brokerage in a year. Um, so, but the point of that is, yeah, they're not making so much money hand over fist off every single transaction. Yeah. I mean, they're budgeting to pay salaries yeah, for people and exactly. they need to be profitable. Um, exactly. So I like, I don't, I don't have an answer on how to fix, fix but, that or if it even needs to be fixed, but well, I just think uh, it's, it could be a contributing factor for some on why they would just go ahead and put that house right back on the market knowing mm-hmm. that right. sure. there's issues because, sure. you know, I haven't had a deal yet right. and my kid's right. birthday's coming up or Christmas is coming up or, you know, whatever. Um, well, and yeah. everyone wants to be successful, sure. right? You know, so if you're in this industry, whether you're good or not, you know, same thing with inspectors. We say this all the time. You don't have to be good to be successful for a short period of time. <laughs> yes, right. You know, yes. you can get by being unethical for a little while. Sure. Sometimes. Yep. Most cases. But it's going to catch up to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that comes into play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how long is it going to take for someone to realize that that wasn't just an isolated incident where, you know, something slipped by or, or right. you did something unknowingly, et cetera. And when is it? a common theme and a con- common occurrence yeah, um, that comes into play where it is an ethical situation. That's a great point. Um, so when I first came into real estate in Richmond, um, it was pointed out to me that Richmond is a very small community of realtors. And if you are not easy to work with, mm-hmm. if you are shady, if you are unethical, it will be known very quickly. Yes. And you will much fewer transactions yeah. right mm-hmm. um that being said when i first came into real estate i also <laughs> thought that a lot that it was going to be a lot more agents being shady mm-hmm. trying to trick me and you know get deals to go through for houses that are lemons right yeah. that has fortunately that has not been the case right. like most transactions that i do the agents are like completely professional totally on yeah. the up and up super helpful right on because ultimately page. everyone has the same goal to make the transaction go through, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And if for whatever reason it can't go through, um, you just be upfront about it. Hey, mm-hmm. my client lost their job. They can't get the financing. Hey, you know, the home inspection didn't go as well as we thought. Here's the things we need to have done to stay in the transaction. Things like that. Just be straightforward and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, 
even if the deal falls apart and you don't get paid, it's okay. Next time you're in front of that agent and you're writing another offer, they're going to know, hey, you know, this agent was truthful yeah. and forthright. 100%. And, you know, exactly. And it's going to come back twofold. We actually just had that situation on our on our high producers on our team last week. Uh, one of our high producers, she was on the, on the listing side and they were under contract. And I don't know the whole story and um, they probably put that back on the market so I wouldn't give the whole story anyways at this point. <laughs> but the, the sellers completely pulled the rug out from all, from all of them, including my co-agent as the listing agent and, and decided they just didn't want to sell anymore. Huh. And so of course that was a terrible situation for everyone involved. Right. Um, but because of the way she handled it with that buyer's agent and those buyers, after they had terminated and moved on, um, that agent's broker from from the buyer's side actually called her to commend her on how she handled the nice. situation. It was something that was completely out of her control right. because, right, we can't force our clients to yeah. do anything. Correct. Um, we yeah. can advise them and hope for the best, yeah. but we can't make them also be good clients when we're <laughs> right. being a good agent. Um, but, you know, Basically, to your point, is they, that other side they notice that, yeah. and so the next time a deal comes around, because it's inevitable, we're we're gonna be on a buy sell side at some point with each other. Um, at least that's the hope that you want that agent knowing the next time is going. It's a completely different transaction, and I know that you're gonna do everything possible to make it successful. So I think I mean reputation is so big. It is, and and I mean if you're unethical and struggle with these ethical dilemmas and and these core values, like it is going to come back around yeah. to bite you. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said is important. Um, you know, I think, like I said in the beginning, the vast majority are are ethical agents mm-hmm. uh, and inspectors and whatnot. Um, it's just unfortunate that obviously anytime something bad happens, um, that's the clickbait, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, even if it's a one out of a hundred chance, but that one is what you're going to see on the news mm-hmm. or, or, you know, on, on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're just in a time where even still now, you know, we have what less than a month worth of inventory, you know, so there's still a shortage out mm-hmm. there of homes. So there's still 7,000 agents competing for, you know, um, small 2, numbers. Homes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All so, these buyers. Um, so, you know, the, the frustrations are there and it's just amplified a little bit more versus if there was a lot more deals going on, they would probably get swallowed up a little bit, you know, better unnoticed mm-hmm. and, and far and fewer in between, um, compounded with, like I said, the, the, you know, um, lack of just experience over the last couple of years. Right. And, and some of this is just, people just don't know because home inspections, just like real estate, you know, get your license, good mm-hmm. to go. You know, there's no apprenticeship. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, can I put my license with your company? Yeah. Sure can. Absolutely. And then, it's almost yeah. too, yeah. too easy uh, to get Yeah, so, so there's a whole lot of uneducation going on in the industry right. on, on, on that because you don't have to shadow anybody or no. apprenticeship or mm-hmm. do anything. It's just, you know, figure out as you go and like, well, you know. I'll just yeah. pretend I didn't see this, you know, kind right. of thing. And, and most clients don't know better. Exactly. They don't know exactly. that you're uneducated or inexperienced or lack the training and the knowledge for yeah. something successful. And I think that's where a lot of the the ideas around the real estate industry and partners come yeah. into play that, you know, they clients could do better or we're not worth our weight in gold, et cetera, because 
there are these situations that, you know, they couldn't yeah. handle things. Absolutely. Yeah. Professionally. So how do you guys um, handle people, clients that are distrusting of you as an agent because of the perception of the industry? That's a great question. It is. You just hug them? I think Ricky just I, I, I just hug educate. Them. I just <laughs> educate them. I just educate them. You know, yeah. you, you, you tease that out. Whatever, whatever kind of objection or um, whatever is keeping them from moving forward. You kind of tease that out. You keep 100%. asking questions. What is it? And you, and you get to the bottom of why are you not wanting to move forward at this point when it's clearly this home checks off everything that you've said, mm -hmm. you know? And and if it's if it's an issue of mistrust, a lot of times that's going to be an education 100%. issue, right? So you, you just explain to them, you show them like evidence and proof of, you know, why that is not something to really yeah. you know, or something like that, you know, and what I love about like when I do home inspections, what you said is you always start off like everything can be fixed, mm -hmm. right? Because that is true. And I have actually like going in to the home inspection before we even see you, I, I tell my clients that I'm like, you know, when we do a home inspection, it's don't freak out. It's going to be probably 40 pages long right. and there's going to be just a slew of items on there. Right. But everything can be fixed. And mm -hmm. also we can, you know, if you need to be out of the transaction, like yeah. that can happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? Like, so, um, but yeah, I, and the money side, I don't, I've never really had any, anyone think that I didn't earn right. like mm -hmm. what I got paid, you that's know, fair. if they see it on the settlement sheet, mm -hmm. that's never been an issue. I think most of the time this, this stuff just comes from, um, nobody wants to buy a lemon. Yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. And that's, yeah. so that's why you need a good home inspector, right? Yeah. Somebody who's going to point out like all the stuff <laughs> that's going yeah. on in there and squeeze into crawl spaces and things like that. You know, um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think how you handle it at Ricky, right. I love everything you just said. I was going to echo that it's, it comes down to our value proposition, right? You know, we, which of course we're sitting here talking about, you know, other agents and other home inspectors that don't do everything the way we do it, right? right, right that we're right. so great. Well, yeah. um, but, you know, we're here to educate. But in that situation, you know, if a client came and said like, I, I don't wanna work with you, but obviously I have to use an agent to buy a house, you know, which you don't have to, but that's right. a whole different story. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about the value proposition. We're not gonna sit there, especially if you're interviewing other agents or had a bad experience, I'm not gonna sit there and say, well, tell me what that agent didn't do for you and then dog that agent or that home inspector, that situation. Ricky, to your point, it's what can I do for you? What's my value proposition that can be helpful to you? And what's your pain point? That is the number one question that we tell our new agents to ask every single client. You go to them and you say, what is most important to you? Right. How would you like me to communicate? Right. How would you like me you know, to, to lead you with this? Do you prefer the education piece or do you just want me to tell you to sign here? Right. You know, Figure out what's important to that client and then tap your value into that. And I find most of the time, if you are authentic and loyal and you have integrity, when you're having that conversation and, you know, answering that question to them, um, most of the time they're, they're going to see that authenticity yeah. and they're going to say, great, that's what was lacking from my previous experience or the other agent I interviewed, et cetera. 
most of the time, like you can tell. I mean, some some people are just really good salespeople and can pitch that you're going to have a great experience with me. Um, and then, of course, it's a bad experience, right. right? We know this. That's right. Um, but I do think if you ask the right questions, and that's where the education for the client comes in and, and finding out what's most important right. and then identifying that and keeping that in mind all the way through. Don't just listen to them at that first appointment and then forget about what they need throughout the transaction. So I find you win a lot of people over. Yeah, I think I think it's it's just yeah, it's listening mm-hmm. to why they feel that way and then educating them. Mm-hmm. Because I've had plenty of clients, you know, where I either got the heads up or they just told me, you know, they had a bad experience, mm-hmm. you know, with the home inspector previously. And as much, you know, like I said, we're we're talking about um, others here, um, but when we when we when I've when I've heard that, I've never gone, well, pff, man, that sucks. You had a bad home inspector. You know, I listen to what they say, and most of the time, it's a devil's advocate kind of thing. Like, well, you know, because right, <clears throat> I wasn't there, you know, right. and, and 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 most of the time, I can listen to the story and say, you know what, that could have easily been me um, on the other end, mm-hmm. you know, that they had a bad experience with, and most of the time, I'll, I'll just explain to them what you know what probably happened, what could have happened, and they're like, oh, well, we didn't know that 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 you couldn't do that, you know, right. we didn't know that that. Um, that you didn't have to do that or whatever. And, um, you know, it kind of disarms them, calms them down, and starts building a little bit of trust. But it's, you know, but it goes back to, you know, some of that some of that distrust is sown because they just don't understand. Right. You know, so it's not even that they had a bad agent or a bad inspector. It's just that Correct. they didn't. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. know what, they, what to expect because they didn't know what the process was. They didn't know what, right. you know, uh, all that stuff is. Like, hey, you know, um, you know, my home inspector missed this leak. Okay, well, you know, when did you get that done? Well, I got it done in August. All right. Well, when was the last time it rained? You know, right, <laughs> um, was that house vacant for for two years? Right. You know, nobody living in it, so the water wasn't being ran. Like, oh, no, well, I guess you're right. You know, so yeah. a lot of times it's just just listening and you know, because it's it's really easy to like, yeah, man, that guy that guy was horrible. Yeah. Right. You know, tell me who that is. Yeah. You know, right. Um, right. But I, I try not to do that. Right. Um, and because it get it, and even if I did do that, all that does is just continues to bring down the industry. And well, and it makes you look bad yeah, as well. It does. You know, we should not be focused on bringing down our competitors. Right. No, not at all. So you know, it it's a reflection on the person if we take that approach, yep. rather than switching the gears back to okay, I hear you. This is how I'm going to help to to make sure that you don't have that same experience yep. again. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so focused on honing my own craft that I don't like what other agents are out there mm-hmm. doing. It's yeah. not is not my concern if we are not in a transaction together. Right. Um, one thing that I ask all of my clients when I first meet with them, whether they're buyers or sellers, what about this process? What's the number one thing that worries you, gives you anxiety, or frightens you? Right. And so um, on buyers, fifty percent of the time it's condition issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And so hey, that's super common. The good thing about that is you get the home inspection. The home inspector will come in, you know, we'll make a list of everything that, you know, is a defect and we can negotiate the repairs. That's part of my job is to make sure that all of that stuff that is scaring you is taken care of for you right. and that it, condition wise, you know, yes. things like that. So I think that helps people um, trust you more. Um, but the trust issue um, is really, I guess, whether or not people think that you are ethical is, is a trust issue. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. right? And so most of my business is referral based, right? Like past clients are like, use this guy. He did a fantastic job for me. And that already sets up a, a ton of trust right. going into it, you know, that they trust that I'm going to treat them ethically and um, do my fiduciary duty to keep their best interest um, yeah. forefront through the whole thing. It's not about me making um, a commission. It's about you finding the perfect home for you or you selling the, your, you meeting your real estate goal, whether that is selling your house quickly for top dollar, whether that is buying your forever home, mm-hmm. like uh, an investment property, whatever. I'm here to, you know, generate the best possible outcome for mm-hmm. you, you know, no matter what, how it's going to go for me. Some of them are really easy and you make, um, what feels like a, a ton of money, and some of them are really hard, and you barely <laughs> get in the end. You barely come out with any money, but you know yeah. you've gained a client, and they're going to refer business to you in the future. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you know. That's what keeps me on on mm-hmm. on the rails. And plus, I, I feel like I'm just like an ethical guy. I, I don't have it in me yes. to like to just like lie, cheat, and steal through right, right. through right. the business. I just I don't. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I and that goes back to the morals, right? right. Like, what type of person? Right is taking taking that role mm. in our industries you know is that person a moral person to begin with if they're not they're probably in most cases not going to be the most ethical agent right. or home inspector or lender or whatever the case may be um but you're not going to build a referral business right. based exactly. on exactly. lack and of you may have to morals shift markets and, and brokers ethics. <laughs> frequently yes yes yes, yes. 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 But you know, it, it it takes a it takes a strong person to want to work hard in our industry and set a good precedence to change that misinterpretation yeah. about us. Another another aspect of ethics in the real estate industry that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot is when you represent a seller and they know there are many things wrong with the home <laughs> and they tell mm-hmm. you and then they ask you not to disclose those mm-hmm. things and you have to let them know I am bound by a code of ethics. Yep. Yep. I, now that you have told me I must, <laughs> in order to sell this house, I must disclose these right. things. It's like, uh, you know, I was in the fire department and, uh, you know, there were some shenanigans going on and <laughs> somebody going to Captain's office, like, Captain, I got to tell you something. And Captain always say, are you sure you got to tell me? Because right. <laughs> as soon as you tell me, yeah. right. I got to do something about it. That's and right. they think about it, I'm like, right. no, nah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> Walk out. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a great point, Ricky, because, you know, if, if someone's not in this industry, they may not know, mm-hmm. you know, things like, and it's different state to state. Virginia's a buyer beware state. Correct. So our clients sign, sellers sign those disclosure forms which, you know, we know what those are because we deal with them all the time. And we know that we have to ethically disclose, but the seller does not. Right. Um, you know, so a buyer in their minds, they're thinking it's like buying a used car, you right. know, and then it breaks down the week after. Well, they knew why didn't they tell me or what, how, how could they sell this to me? You know, so a lot of buyers come into it. They start having issues and it's like, how could the seller, they had to have known. Maybe they did, but unfortunately in our state, the seller doesn't have to disclose, you know, and, and if we're not aware of it, we can't. And sure. we do have the duty to disclose it, which I don't think always happens, Yes. you know, if we're aware of something, even though we should be. Right. Or seeing a home inspection from a previous transaction and then not disclosing Correct. what was found. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought, like I said, we've, I've had um, a, a string of just 
fun yeah. inspections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I thought this was an important topic just to tackle because, like I said, I'm, even if it's just 1% of, of the industry, uh, you know, that's, that's still obviously persuading public trust in the industry. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said earlier, like, you know, you don't need – quote, unquote, an agent, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do it on your own, as goofy as that is. Um, But when the level of distrust gets to a certain point, you know, it's a threat to the industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so even if it's just 1% of the industry that that has ethical questions about them, Mm -hmm. um, something has happened along the way to get a majority of the population, at least in some of the studies I've seen, to distrust the industry as a whole. And like I said, it's not sitting here just bashing individuals or certain people. You know, it's just a threat to the industry as a whole. Right. You know, because um, there's a lot of good agents out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good home inspectors out there. Um, you know, I think that, that you know, we work with a ton of them. Um, the ones that are ethical are say the ones that stick around us <laughs> long term and we, we develop relationships with. Um, but it can't be, you know, just glossed over as, as well, there's just a few because while that may be true, there's still an issue within the industry of, right. of you know, because if people get to a tipping point where, you know what, 80%, 90%, maybe it's 60, you know, 60.5% get to the point where they don't trust the industry to the point where like we're just doing it on our own, um, then then we're all in trouble. Right. Know? Including so. the clients, mainly the clients yeah. at that yes. point. Yeah. Yes, yep. because guess what? Like Fizbos, which is realtor speak for for sale by owner, they're not <sighs> bound by a code of ethics. They can do any old wild thing. Yeah. And sell you whatever. So it goes both ways. Like yeah. you know, you may want you may not want to sell your house on your own. Um, you may not want to buy a home that is being sold without a realtor yeah. because there's no standard of ethics yeah. that anyone is bound to on the sell side of that transaction. Yeah. You know? there's and there's got to be one person that you can find to trust. You don't like right. home inspectors or don't trust real estate professionals. Okay, it's, it's just like healthcare. You don't like your doctor, you go to a right. different doctor. Right. It's and your tax right. advisor, you go to a different tax advisor. So, you know, I would just urge people, you know, we have to, we have to set a different standard. And yes. I think, you know, they... People that are are bound by ethics and live into that, um, we are doing our best to set those standards yeah. and educate people, and that's all we can do. Yeah, we can't take responsibility for others. For sale by owners are my favorite type of inspections. As you show up and the guys in his underwear Wanting cooking breakfast, like drinking through. beer, and yeah. talking about just, just help yourself. Perfect. Nothing wrong, or how perfect his house is. Yeah, yes. yeah I fixed that myself back in '73. Yeah, sure. the homeowner <laughs> special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's well, a whole awesome. other podcast. That's right. That's right. Uh, that'll be next month's topic. But I appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah, of course, um, man. Actually, I don't have the answers to any of this um, other than, <laughs> you know, people like you guys just, just doing what you do and, and, you know, which I think most agents do and, you know, one client at a time, I guess. Absolutely. Thank so, you, sir. Until next time.